Let's get ready to rumble! And I'd just like to say also hello, hello to Anna. Anna Bishop Jara, who found us on, um, I'm going to say this again when we start recording, but she found us on um, on YouTube and has now actually started following us on, on Facebook. And she, remember the episode where we were talking, where Sean, you were saying, oh, next week I'm going to do a show where there's going to be like six people, there's six main characters, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is what she wrote. She wrote, I need the movie right away, but the title song, New York, New York. <laughs> but, they, but I had to look up the actual title on the town. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> and she says, anyway, I'm enjoying your podcasts very much. Thank you so much. Oh, and, thank you. Yes. Thank you, and, yeah. and she also went onto our Facebook page. I went to our Facebook page and she saw the, when we did the, when you did the, the thing with the sting, yeah, you know the we did the show with the sting. Oh with yeah, the, with the sting yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, this one's easy. It's Robert Shaw, it's Robert Redford, and this is the sting." And she's like, "Oh man, I wish I could play this live." She was like, "Do you, do you guys ever broadcast? Do you guys ever go live with your podcasts?" And I was like, "Well, we haven't done that for a while. I mean, I guess we did when we were on the radio. When we were on the radio, yeah. we, we were going we live. Went live, yeah." And, and I guess we could actually do this live, so that this is actually showing onto onto um. So this actually shows up on Facebook as we're recording it. Oh, but wow. yeah, we, we could do that. But as Anna, as you would find out as we're going forward, um, we're kind of cheap around here. And that, <laughs> that, that might cost some money. That might cost some money. But we'll, but we'll look at it. We'll look at it. We might actually do this so that we'll go live on the Netflix or Cinema podcast Facebook page. And that, that, would, that would, might be cool. Have people actually try and play along in real time. Sean, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, we could give it a go, couldn't we? We could see see what happens. I could, yes. I could, I could actually probably do a, a a movie quiz, couldn't we? Well, yeah, you could totally Doing do. A, we could totally do a movie quiz and have people play along at the same time. Which will, well, well, okay. You see, Anna, this is what you've done. You have opened up a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> you've opened up a can of worms, and you need to help us clean this can of worms up. Anyway. Uh, thank you very much, Ada Bishop Jara, for get, uh, for getting in touch with us. But welcome to Netflix versus Cinema. Welcome to Netflix Cinema, the podcast that is as shocked as you are to have to have read in the news this week that the Oscars are happening this weekend. Did, oh. <laughs> yes, on Sunday is when the Oscars are. Did you guys know about that before? Okay, the no, first question: Did you guys know about that before I even said that right now? No. Um. Did I, I? I think I might have heard something, but no, I didn't know. But I, yep. I mean, I know they were talking about because they said the was it the Baftas they've just had or the what? Baftas they had the Baftas yeah yeah, yeah. And, and there was mentioned all oh, they're going to do the they're going to allow so many people aren't they? Is well, right? they oh aren't they having a venue in London or something for the British nominees and then a venue in America and they want people to actually go to the venue rather than doing it all on Zoom. Yeah, they they there's a ban from what I understand there's a ban on. Um, on there's a ban on no no on people attending by zoom so like the nominees can't attend so if you've been nominated you have to be at some place in person and they're going to have and it's been directed by steven soderbergh and they're going to have different i don't know exactly where the places are because as i told you i got caught up by i was like oh oscars are happening this week oh okay well okay fine <laughs> and so um I think we have kind of got a show. Oh, by the way, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Tosin. I am the host of the podcast. In the, and joining me as ever on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolland. Hello. 
and Sean Harris. Hello. That is Sean Harris, not Sean Harris of the Mission Impossible movies, but another Sean Harris. Yeah, that's it. Normally, yeah, yeah a different Sean Harris. Um, the first names are spelled differently, although I do rate the other Sean Harris as quite a good actor because he was in, um, he played, <laughs> he always seems to have played pretty nasty characters. He does. I think he, I think he was in the remake of Brighton Rock and I saw him in Harry Brown and he was like the drug dealer and he's like, I just remember when he, that was the first time I became aware of him was in Harry Brown. Yeah, he 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 does he does silent menace very very well, like mm. like, he, think, like he's, he, he, he he has a yeah. bit of an unsettling presence. Yeah, he has a and look. I, he was also in I think might be Prometheus maybe or one of those ones. He, he was in Prometheus, Prometheus yeah. yeah. He was in Prometheus, but he were he wasn't. So do, yeah, yeah. So I do keep my eye on him. <laughs> yeah, my namesake. <laughs> all right cool good stuff right so today and this week we have somehow managed and ended up even though we were caught up by the fact that oscars were happening we've managed to see some of the films that are up for oscars this week we i think because i was having a look i was like okay what films are actually nominated and i was trying to find out whether there is i was trying to find out whether there is a um whether there's any way of finding out where you can watch all these films. Like, have these films made their way? Have they sort of, like, you know, snuck their way onto different streaming platforms all over the place? And now, let's see. I found a website called Radio X, and Radio X has actually given you the films that are up for best pictures this week. Let's just see whether you guys were aware of these. Have you heard of The Father? No. Um, Anthony Hopkins, but I haven't seen it. And Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I don't know much more about it than that. Yeah, uh, the first I heard was because I heard about this and they were talking about the nominees and they said Olivia Colman is up for Best Actress and I was like, what? What for? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like the favourite? No, 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 that's ready. No. What, what, what's she up for Best? She can't be up for The Crown. I, I had no idea she'd done anything else since then, <laughs> film-wise. But apparently, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Colman it is up for Oscars for Best Picture, for Best Actor, Best Actress. Never heard of it. Judah and the Black Messiah is up for Best... Um, so yeah. we, that Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, Kaluuya. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and the father is not actually available. You can't watch it anywhere in the UK. Judah and the Black Messiah, you can, but you have to pay for it to rent. And mm. as we said, Anna, Anna, this show is dedicated to you. And as we said earlier, we're cheap round here. And if you have to pay extra after you've already paid for the streaming platform, we're usually not we're usually not okay mm. with that on this podcast. So we haven't seen it. Mank, that's on Netflix. That's Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman playing the screenwriter of Citizen Kane. Minari, which is um, Stephen Yeun. That's been getting a lot oh, of Oh, yeah, stuff. Stephen Yeun. That's good. He's, well, obviously, we know him as Glenn from The Walking Dead, those who watch The Walking Dead. Yep, yep, that, that wouldn't be me. So, so, so Stephen Yeun, I mean, he pops up in things every now and then. That is one of those ones. Again, it's available to rent in the UK. Where we have to pay extra money. We're not doing that. Nomadland. Nomadland is coming to Disney Plus the week after the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Francis McDermott. I've heard of some of the actors in these things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you've heard stuff like you know, sort of like you know, filtering down, but you don't. Yeah. But it's it's kind of like I haven't particularly paid any attention. Yeah, Do you I, think? Do you think, yeah. Toast, that maybe they're doing this and so there might be some cinema releases of them? I'm, hope- I, I'm, you know? I'm actually hoping. I'm hoping because I think you said before we started that we are about three weeks out from cinemas open, opening. And I'm hoping that some of these we get to see in the cinema. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if that's why they're doing it. So they say, oh, Oscar-nominated film, you know, or yeah. Oscar-winner film. 
Yeah, I, I think that they, five I, Oscars must see. <laughs> I think there's definitely some of them that are trying that, and depending mm. on which one wins, they are definitely going to do that. I think I think that's going to happen. You're going to see some of these films show up in cinemas. I mean, mm. in in normal in inverted commas times, um, that usually happens anyway. Like sometimes a film yeah. gets re-released after you've gone to the Oscars. It, let's say it was released at the beginning of the mm. year or something. So Nomadland coming to Disney Plus, promising young woman that is currently on. It is Sky. on. It's on Sky Cinema. Sound of Metal. That's on Amazon Prime. Trial of the Chicago Seven. That is on Netflix. So we have about I think six out of the six out of the seven available, readily available to watch. But I think we have seen two, two of that list, <laughs> which we shall which we shall get onto. So um, I think Sean, you have requested you have requested this week because we usually give seven seven minutes for a review. Uh, seven minutes for a review of a film, and you think, oh, that's way too long. It, get, it, ca- it carries on a bit much. <laughs> I, I, I think what it is, is sometimes, I mean, I, I, I know the film, and I just want to say my feelings about it rather than just say the story of the film, you know, yeah. and I tend that so, and just say moments of the film, which what you like, because I think sometimes, you know, if you hear the story and you think, you can take bits from it, from a movie, but just to, to say the story all the time, okay. I just find sometimes a bit. So, okay. We'll, we'll, give you, few, we'll give you 30 on. seconds to tell people who haven't seen the film what the film's about. Okay, that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds fair. That sounds fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. So you have seen... Um, so I think we'll, we'll start off with one of your... Shall, what should we say? We'll give you two minutes. Two minutes okay. to talk about... So you, you said you have Come As You Are. Yep, Come As You Are. Yeah, Come As You Are. And you, you saw Promising Young Woman, which I Promising, also saw. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We can have a little discussion about that. That'll be good. Yeah, we can, we can have a discussion about that. And then, Sharon, you have seen um, Love and Monsters. Yeah. I also saw, um, which I'd, I'd never seen, which I should have done, There Will Be Blood, which was the first time I watched that because oh. that was on Sky as well. So, you know, so, I, I, I thought there will, I, I have never seen that, but I thought There Will Be Blood would be right up your alley. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So, Sean, what we're going to do is we're going to give you your two minutes to begin with to talk about um, Come As You Are and There Will Be Blood. Then we will go to Sharon and Sharon will talk about Love and Monsters, Mm -hmm. which has been which has also been nominated for an Oscar for Best Special Effects. Okay. Oh, yeah. Love and Monsters has been nominated for Best Special Effects. And then we shall finish off with Promising Young Woman, which both Sean and I will do. So I will take the seven minutes and Sean, you can pop you can pop in then every now and then. I'll pop in. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, Sean, what do you want to kick off with? Come Uh, as you are. Yeah. Let's kick off with Come as you are then. All right, cool. So come as you are. You have two minutes. Give us 30 seconds. Tell us what this film's about. Okay, this film is basically about three disabled chaps that that they want to... They're adults. They're sort of disabled adults. They've got various disabilities, and they decide they want to go... They found this place in Canada, which actually... um, Where they can, you know, get get a lady. They can have sex, because they want to have sex. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so they go off with their nurse, obviously... And along the way, you've got the parents are like, oh, whoa, where have they gone? Where have they gone? What's what's going on? And, uh, you know, so it's just basically a, a buddy movie with a difference, with a difference, because, as I say, one of them's partially sighted. He's got a, um, the other ones, in, two of them are in the wheelchairs. So, and the nurse, she sort of, to start off with, she doesn't know what's going on. But when she says, she goes, oh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take you up there. So, and all, in the meantime, you've got the police looking for them. You've got the parents looking for them, you know, trying to catch them. And they, they're going to motels and trying to, and it's just a really, 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 I don't know. It's a good film. I really, really thought this was, was quite funny. It had some really, really fun, funny moments. And, um, 
the acting was really, really good. Uh, I, I recognised the the actress who played the nurse that took it. Was it? It was. I mean, I'm not sure what the actress was. Film. She might have been in that film, Precious. Maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, Gabarisa Dibi. Yeah, if it was her, uh, that's who I think it was. I mean. Okay. Yeah. So. So yeah, she's the nurse, and they, they've got like a, a car with the, the all the disabled stuff on, and it's really, really interesting. Of course, they've been mollycoddled, or you know, by their by overbearing parents that are trying to compensate for for their disability. Yeah, yeah, just trying to look at yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, the end of the film is basically, you know, they say, look, you know, we are people. We don't want to be this, you know, we don't want to be this way. We don't want to be mollycoddled and worried about. We want to do our own things. And, and yeah, so I'll give this one a, I'll give this one a three star, a three star. It's a good three star. It's a good watch. All right, cool. So, um, oh, well done, Sean. Well done, Sean, right <laughs> on time. Now, okay, if I, if I may, I have a couple of questions. Sure. So when you said that, when you were describing that film, it sounded a little bit similar to the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, sim- I guess it was in the same vein. I guess it was in the same vein as oh, the it's... Peanut Butter Falcon. But yeah, it was, um, I think it was, there was probably quite a few more comedic moments. You know, it was more of a, uh, as I say, I had it serious moments, but there were a few, few, quite a few comedic moments, you know, especially when they're in a bar and someone like, oh, and they sort of end up defending themselves. And so, yeah, so, but yeah, no, it's worth a watch. This one's, this one's worth a watch. Pretty good movie. Oh, cool. 2019. It might have been swallowed up by mm. the by, by 2020. Was, coming. was I right with the actress? Was I right with the actress? Or? You are right. It is Gabarisa Dibi. Ah, that's what I thought. Oh, that's it. it yeah. is, it's good to see you because she's she was she sh- so shows up on articles. I like, think, you know, the kind of thing of, you know, 10 actors who were nominated for an Oscar and then you never heard from them again. That kind of thing. And she she does. She. Sometimes she shows up on that, so I'm actually really happy when she shows up in different things, even if it was that Grimsby movie. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. Oh, I, do you know I've not seen that Grimsby yet? <laughs> is it is it grim? Well, well, I, think it's, I I happen. It's like you know when you see a trailer, you see a trailer for a film, and you know obviously if especially no if it's a comedy, they're supposed to put things in the trailer <laughs> that are supposed to make you go, "Ooh, that I really want to see that," and maybe put your best jokes in. Like, and I I saw the trailer for Grimsby, and I was like. Ugh, I, I'm not sure that's funny. I think that's just off color. I think, ooh, that that's borderline offensive. Oh, <laughs> so so I never actually bothered watching Grimsby, and um, so all all I can all I have to go on is what other people say, and most of the people I know who've seen it say that. Yeah, essentially my <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. <laughs> all right, okay, cool. So that was come as you are. You said how, how many stars for that? Three star, three star, three, yeah. three star. All right, cool. Well, sounds sounds really good. And now. We get on to your second film, There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood, yeah. There Will Be Blood. Now, this film, I should have seen this um, before, but it was the first chance I got to actually see this this film. And obviously, it's about an oil tycoon. Um, starts off where he's, he's um, looking for this oil and his partner gets killed. So the, and the partner's got this, this young son, a baby, which... Uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's character decides he's going to bring up. And so you see him, he sort of becomes, a, he makes himself a bit more money, becomes a bit more of an oil tycoon. Mm. And, um, and then it, he buys up some land. He's pretty, pretty, I suppose I, I could have spoken a little bit more about this one. But anyway, yeah, so he, he buys up a lot of land, which has got a lot of oil on. And, and it's all about the drilling and everything like that. And then they hit it and it's a, it's a blowout and it's a big geezer. And his son 
just happens to be on the, you know, watching and um, he, he becomes deaf. So mm. all through the, the, the film and he's, he's you know, he's, he's not a very nice character. He's a pretty horrible character, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Plainview. Daniel Plainview. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But this, this, it was, yeah, I mean, this was a, this was an exciting film. I could probably talk about this one a little bit more, but anyway, we we'll, we'll get to it because <laughs> it's an old one. A lot of people see. You, you see, <laughs> yeah, I, no. I was thinking that when, when you when you requested two minutes, I was yeah, like, "For there will be blood." I was like, "I was like, I was like, no." I was like, "Come on, Sean, Sean, it's it's you. There will be blood is right up your alley. You're going to want to you're going to want to sing about this film. So I will give you another two minutes. I'll give you an extra two minutes to keep talking about there will be blood. Thanks, Toast. You're a star. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this, this. So so there's a gusher, and his son becomes deaf, and he he tries to compensate for his son, and and he can't get the sends his son away so that he can learn, you know, sign language and things. Yeah. Um. But he's he's pretty nasty anyway. His son grows up eventually, and his son says, "Look, I want to go out on my own and that." And he says, "Oh well, you're my enemy then." You know, he goes, "But you're my dad," and he he's just really just turns really really nasty, and. I think this is an absolutely brilliant performance by Daniel Day-Lewis. Love this performance. Um, yep. Yep. And uh, it made me so interested that after I'd seen the movie, I had to look at the... I started putting in about oil, you know, early oil. When yeah, people, oil, oil prospectors. In the, yeah. And it was, it was like spot on. And it said that there were so many riggers, so many people that worked on the, in, in the day, early days of oil that many of them became deaf. Because when these things used to blow out, yeah, like they would blow up. They the the noise was so great that anyone that was within the vicinity would just totally lose their hearing. And and another thing was, so I looked it up and I thought, well, if they gush gushing like that, how the hell do they cap them? Like that. Yeah. And I looked up and it's and they they have these things called they used to have these things called torpedoes, which are like giant bombs, which yeah. you used to put down there and it would snuff out the flames because of course they all if it catches fire, yeah, a major fire. And so all this is in it, and it's a it's a. It's a brilliant piece of cinema, I think. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic piece of cinema. Um, yeah, so this, this was... I'm so glad I watched it. I've been waiting a while. Yeah. <laughs> and generally, the, the generally with Daniel Day-Lewis, the films are a bit a bit long, aren't they? But, yes, um, yeah. But they're, they're still good. Uh, it's and, kinda, well, I guess the, the directors are like, if you've got Daniel Day-Lewis, you want to get as yeah. much of him on screen yeah. as possible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really top film, this one. I, I, I enjoyed this one immensely. Um, it's got to be uh, a four-star easy, an easy four-star for me, this one. Sharon, yeah. this strikes me as a film you may have seen. Um, no, it has, I haven't, actually. It's one I missed at the cinema. Yeah. And I always think that Daniel Day-Lewis films do lend themselves to watching it on a bigger screen. Yeah. In, in the cinema. So like things like Lincoln and where he does his real sort of, you know, scene-stealing stuff. Yeah. It sort of demands that sort of venue. So I never saw it at the cinema, so I haven't actually caught it. Well, I think I think the films, the films that I see that make me actually look on the internet, and then after that, so after this finding out all about the oil and the blowout, the oil, I decided for oh, you know, top ten Daniel Day Lewis performances, <laughs> and I did, and I looked, and I mean, my favourite, I, I, my favourite film that he's in is The Last Mohicans, but. Some of the performances, Lincoln, great perform. I mean, I like Lincoln. A lot of people were going, "Oh, it's dull and boring," but I really, really like Lincoln. No, I thought it was a good film. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like him in a, uh, Room with a View. Room with a View is a good film too. I'm, I'm thinking that he he probably just about has ten performances. 
Yeah, he's not yeah. got that many. He, I he guess. is yeah. prolific, is he? He does no. No, no. do yeah, because three he, films he, a year. Yeah, he he took he took so long. He would take so long to prepare for a role mm. that um he would give us everything then win the Oscar because that was I think there will be blood <laughs> there will there will be blood was his second Oscar I think and um yeah uh, his first one was my left foot my so left if, foot yep. if I'm thinking about it I can I can just about I think I can just about think of ten Daniel Day Lewis filmic performances. I was trying to think of the name of his last performance. You know the one where he was the, the Phantom uh, Thread. Phantom Thread. Phantom yeah, I watched Thread. that. So let's see, Phantom Thread, There Will Be Blood, Lincoln, Room With A View, Last of the Mohicans, My Left, My left foot, foot, Age of Innocence. Sense. Yeah, what else have we got? What else have we got? We got Gangs got of New of... York. Was he in... He wasn't in My Beautiful was it Woman's Lap, was he? Was he in Unbearable oh. Lightness of Being? That I don't know. That one, uh, That that's a title I know, a film I've never seen. He was in My Beautiful Laundrette. The Laundrette, yeah. 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 That's, I've got it to nine. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not, He wasn't in that. Anyway, anyway, brilliant, anyway. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant actor, Dalia Lewis. Sean, I'm, I'm glad that you. You know, I'm actually really surprised that out of the three of us, until this moment, none of us had seen There Will Be Blood. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it. I still haven't. I, I, no, I haven't seen it because everybody talks about it's. It's one of those sort of American dream movies. Mm. It's about okay, this is the American dream. This is how we're going to go, and this is how we're going to get it. And um, and about the fact that. The men who made the American dream were not necessarily the nicest people. And, no. the, the, the and also, I've just thought yeah. of another performance Bill the Butcher. Gangs yeah, yeah, of I, said, New York. I said Gangs of New York. Oh, did you? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Gangs, well yeah. yeah, and that's another one of the men who built America, not being very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, and, and obviously, this was Paul Thomas Anderson who directed him, who also directed mm-hmm. him in Phantom Thread. So, yeah, that's that's a film that. You know, it's funny. I've always, I think in my head, I've always, I'm always, I've been prepared to accept that there will be blood was a brilliant film mm. without ever watching it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it's a brilliant film. Yeah, don't need to watch it. I know it's brilliant. So, uh, but you know, maybe I'll, maybe I will follow your footsteps, Sean, and go watch, I go watch that. Yeah, go watch Phantom, uh, Phantom Thread. Yeah, we'll watch that too. Uh, the, 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 there, there will there be will Phantom. Be there will be the, the Phantom Blood. There will be Phantom Blood. Yeah. <laughs> there will be Phantom Blood. All right. Right. Um, let's carry on. Now, we, as we said, we this turned out to be an Oscar, Oscar-y week anyway. We spoke about Daniel Day-Lewis, where he worked for his second Oscar. And now we come on to the current ones. And the first of the films we're going to talk about this week that is up for an Oscar this weekend. I mean, by the time you listen to this, the Oscars probably would have happened and you would know who won it. <laughs> but but this, is a, this is a little bit of a legit, little engine that could movie because no one really heard about it. It's just sort of shown up out of nowhere, but it is actually nominated for Best best um special effects so sharon will you want to tell us a little bit about love and monsters what's it about and what you thought about it yeah love and monsters it's a netflix film uh that's just been quite a recent release it's one of their banner films so you can't really miss it when you you log in it's basically a set in the future after a double apocalypse the first apocalypse was an asteroid headed for earth where Earth got together with all its armies and all its nations. And they sent up all these humongous missiles to destroy the asteroid, which they did. But then the fallout from all these missiles and the little bits of asteroid that were contaminated by these missiles that fell to Earth basically caused all insect life to mutate Ooh. and to become monsters. Ooh. And so instead of being um, like this, the minuscule, harmless things snails become the size of school buses or coaches 
and moths become terrifying man-eaters. They are that become like Mothra, and grubs and worms become this sort of like a behemoth things from the dune. You know, they become like they become monsters, and it's like ordinary insect life, but it is just transformed into something you know hideous. And so, and the only way to defend themselves against this, the, and and 95% of humanity has been decimated and the remaining 5% are basically taken to living in bunkers, either underground silos or in these enclaves where survivors sort of barricade themselves in. Okay, uh, uh, just a quick, a quick aside. I don't know why it is, but I can, I can handle the idea of most animals being big, like tiny animals being big, big rabbits. Knight of the Lupus or whatever. Lupus, no, yeah, yeah. Like the lupus. I, I, I can handle that. Remember but that. the I, but the idea like, of insects being huge and worms yes. being huge that makes Centipede. my skin crawl. It makes my skin crawl. Ah, uh, it's like you know in the Peter Jackson King Kong, yeah. where there's the bit where Andy Circus gets attacked by oh, all the. Oh yeah. Oh that. my god. Sorry, Sharon. All of insect life, yeah. So there's all sorts of horrible things. If I faint while you're talking about this, you know why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So humanity have been taken into bunkers, and often people they sort of fled there very quickly after this event started happening. When when this insect life started growing and then turning Ah. on people and viewing people as like a good food source, Um, people have just taken into these bunkers. So our main hero, he's I'm just working. His name is Joel. He's been in this bunker for seven years. And on the day of the apocalypse, he got separated from his girlfriend. They're all like really sweet and spoony. And his parents got killed almost straight away. So he was taken up by this group of strangers and taken to the bunker. And he basically feels like an odd one out. And he's got a ham radio where they communicate with all the other bunkers around the place. And he decides that he's managed to track down this his girlfriend from seven years before. And he decides that it's time for him to actually go and find her. So he decides he's going to leave his bunker and he's going to cross whatever the world is outside because he's never been outside the bunker in seven years. But he is going to go and he's going to find his girlfriend and he's going to do it for love. And you see him then basically have a series of adventures as he sets off to find um, what he thinks he's been missing all these years. Because one of the things that he finds hard is that he is the only single person in his bunker. Everyone else is a couple or a family. And he's yeah, I've been there. So <laughs> he is like, yeah, he's like, no, 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 I need to find my love. I need to find my partner. So he heads off across the, the wilderness, battling giant critters and the beasties <laughs> along the way. And then he meets the odd group. The, he meets different people along the way as well. All right, cool. So cool. what did you think of this? I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought it's, it's a, in some ways it's a classic story of, of a coming-of-age story, uh, the how sort of a young man puts himself in peril um, to test himself, to find his inner strength, to, to find what his own value. So I thought, yeah, there's, to me it's like a bit classic storytelling, but it's set in this, obviously, this fantastical world. So I, I enjoyed it for its sort of the narrative of it. I enjoyed the performances. Which I didn't recognise, apart from Michael Rooker, who turns up in one of his Michael Rooker type roles? Yeah, um, I'm just gonna go up around talk like uh, this. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> kill people. So, <laughs> so he was, yeah, he was very good. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed the all the and the all the aspects of it that yeah you you'd expect that someone who likes The Walking Dead and who likes horror and who likes post-apocalyptic fiction 
in in word, the written word and on the screen. Yes, it's all ticked all the boxes for me. So I really enjoyed it. So uh, I actually would uh, give it a four. Are four, the four. Um, are, are the creatures in it sort of well done? Are the creatures in they it? They well are done? actually because oh, there's right, one okay. scene where. I won't name all of the creatures, but there's one scene please involving like a millipede don't. type creature. Oh, millipedes. <laughs> and yeah. they, the way they move and the way they just... Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, for me, it was lucky they didn't have... But it, it was just horrifying. <laughs> but then there's also, there's like, you know, there's a bad, there's like bad insects. And there's always like, they, they, but one of the scenes is about how you can tell the difference between an insect that wants to kill you and one that really just wants to be left alone. And one of the ones that wants to be left alone, it was, if you can make anything that grotesque look quite sweet, it was managed to make a, an enormous, I won't say what it is because it's a bit of a giveaway, but yeah, one of them. I'm going to watch like, this. I'm going to watch this. Thanks, Sharon. But yeah, they're, <laughs> is, but yeah, they're quite, they, yeah, they gave them personality. And, oh, cool. and um, they, it, they didn't look too, too weird and fake. They looked like a proper insects just the size of... Oh uh, yeah! Nice. Bus. <laughs> you, you see, you see now, now I everything you're saying, right? I, I like the storyline of this film. I like, I like, the, I like the they, and I think I actually quite like Dylan O'Brien, who is who plays the main character because he was the lead in Maze Runner. And uh, uh, that's why I saw him. I knew him from. Yeah. I sort of recognised him, and I was like, I sort of do, and then I sort of don't. Yeah, yeah. He was the lead Maze in Maze Runner. Runner, and he was also in a film. I think it was called American Assassin. Sean, ah, I think okay. you know that. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, and it's. <laughs> and so I quite like it, but I'm just thinking I don't think I can handle big, big insects. That I mean, there, there is, there is. You, you know the film The Mist, the Frank yep, Darabont yep. movie yes. The Mist. Yeah. That film has like that sort of big insect thing as well, and oh my god, it freaks me out. It's like it's like this. Have film, you ever if, seen? Have you ever seen Tremors? Tre yeah, I've seen Tremors, or not? You know, wait, I've seen Tremors too, because oh, the, the 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 the. I think because Tremors is the one where they have the worms That's and Tremors 2, they're a bit different. They're almost kind of like, you know, they have legs and they come yeah. off the ground and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah, I've seen Tremors 2, but it's, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, The Mist, The Mist is the kind of film that I think till today, when I think about it, I, I'm probably going to have a nightmare tonight. I'm probably going to have a dream with one of those massive <laughs> insects in my room. <laughs> I haven't I even seen like... because there's something in the, in the natural world that I really don't like. But I won't want to give it away again because I don't want to give you spoilers for the film. But I was quite relieved that one of my particular phobias was not in this Ooh. film. But yeah. had there been one in there, I would have been like, whoa, I'm going <laughs> to have to sort of watch it like that. But no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, and it wasn't... It, it, yeah, it, it didn't fall down the trap of you know, falling down the easy route for every all the solutions. Yeah. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's funny how you were saying you were saying as somebody who likes horror as somebody who likes and I was like and also somebody who's been holed up in the house for the last year yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite a relatable film right now it's like uh, there's there's this worldwide thing that means that we all have to stay indoors <laughs> and and also the storyline reminds me of there's a graphic novel series that I've watched called um, that I've read sorry called Why the Last Man in which something happens, something mysterious happens, and essentially everything with a Y chromosome in the world dies. Ooh. Apart apart from this Ooh. one guy called Yorick. Yorick and his pet monkey, Ampersand, who's all, who's a male. <laughs> so it's essentially, and it, and it starts off, and he has this whole thing where he's in America. 
his girlfriend is in Australia and he's trying to get all the way to Australia to meet her because he's like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to find my girlfriend. But then again, obviously, he's the last man alive. And then there becomes this whole political thing about him where some people want to be like, we've got to preserve him and find out exactly why he's still alive <laughs> and we've got to continue the species. And some people are like, no, this is women's time. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. And then there'll only be women around. <laughs> and it's, it's been turned into a TV show. But I mean, when you said that about, about Love and Monsters, it made me, it's like, oh, this sounds like why the last man? So mm. why the last word, Sean? I think you would love it as a as a comic. It's a it's right. a comic book. Is if it? Could, oh, right. Okay, yeah. If you could find it, go, go. Why the last man? All right, cool. And so uh, let's be rude. So seeing as this is the only one we've seen, we shall be rooting for Love and Monsters to win that yeah. best special effects Oscars. This <laughs> yeah, Oscar. go, <laughs> go, massive bus slice <laughs> snail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go centipede! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> centipede too. All right, cool. Go eat everybody else. Eat everybody else who's on the earth. Ah, oh, that now that would be cool if they did in the Oscar. Imagine if they had, if they had like you know they said, uh, okay, I don't know whether Godzilla versus Kong is up for special effects, but if they had Godzilla versus Kong and giant centipede, a giant, and they all had to fight it out to oh, see who yeah. won the who won the Oscar for the best special effects. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. And now we come to the final film this week, which is up for... Now, this is a film that is up for the big ones. It's up for Best Picture at the Oscars. It's up for Best Director. Being marking, oh, I think something like only the fifth time in Oscar history that a woman has been nominated for Best Director. It is up for Best Actress for Carrie Mulligan. And that film is Promising Young Woman. I will start the clock. And so Sean wants to come in with the Sean you you're coming with the reaction of what you thought about yeah, this. Yeah, film. yeah, definitely. And yeah. I will I will tell you what this film is all about. So the film kicks off and the film kicks off in a club. And there's these three people who look like, you know, they work for an investment bank or something, or they work in cities, they're they're wearing suits, they've come after and they're talking about something and that happened at work. And they're talking about essentially they're talking they're abusing a woman who um, is asking that, who is essentially saying that, look, the culture of this place is misogynistic. And they're mm-hmm. like, what the hell is she talking about? Blah, 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 blah. She's this, she's that. They call her the B word. And they notice that there's a woman in the corner who looks like she's just flat out drunk and she can't move or anything like that. And two of them are like, oh, you know what? This is our chance. She's drunk. Let's make our move. And one of them is like, no, 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 no. Look, no, you guys don't do that. I'm going to go up there. And he seems to be a nice guy. So he goes and he takes the woman, he takes her home, he's like, oh, where do you live? Puts her in a cab and he's going to his house, going to her house. Then halfway through, he kind of stops and he goes, so, you know, I don't live that far from here. Um, you want to come over to my place? And she's like, she's like really, really drunk. So she can't say anything. She can't, she can't say yes or no. She's so like, it's so incoherent. So he takes her to his place, makes her a drink, gives her even more drink and then starts trying to make a move on her saying, oh, don't worry. Oh no, you like this. Oh no, you're fine. And he's essentially starts trying to have sex with her. And as he's going along with this, going along with this, she goes, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? And then obviously he realizes, oh, my God, she isn't drunk. <laughs> she isn't drunk. And then you find out that Carrie Mulligan plays a character called Cassie who does this as a regular thing. She goes to clubs every Friday night. She acts like she's flat out drunk and too drunk to walk. And invariably some guy comes over picks her up and tries to, acting like i'm the good guy i'm trying to look after you everything like that but then takes her home and tries to have sex with with and this is something that she does to lure these people in and as the film goes on you find out that something happened because it's called promising young woman for a couple of reasons but one of them is that she was in medical school she was in medical school beforehand she dropped out at the age of 22 because at the time you meet her she's 30 she she dropped out at the age of 22 
for a re for something that happened to a friend of hers and that has just sort of like held in arrested development that she hasn't gone back she was the top of her class she hasn't gone back she hasn't gone back to it because this thing that happened has held in and the whole film is essentially how she deals with it what she's trying to do how she's trying to reckon with this thing that has to do with violence towards women as the film that's the the real the real bad guy of the film is people's attitudes towards women and violence to them and sexual violence towards them and whether people actually believe women when they come forward and they say this happened to me so that being said sean what did you think of this film okay yeah this film this film was i, I mean I, I really liked this film um there was uh, the one thing you, you're more tacky than i am so mm -hmm. the, the bit towards the end shall we say that well the, the, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah, climax yeah. up that's that's possible to happen is it it is like possible to do that, yeah. So you can possibly yeah, with, do that. Yeah, with a phone, yeah, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so that's, um, that was, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I really liked it. Kerry Mulligan, yeah, she played a really, really good part. Uh, not so sure of the, the uh, you know, that should we say the, the, the bed scene where, well, I can't really... Yeah, 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 But, yeah, I was thinking... All oh, right. Okay. You know, towards the end, I like. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if that was up until that point. That sort of. I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. So, but then I thought about it, and I thought, well, okay. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. There's a scene. There's a scene towards the end of this film that I think will stay with you. I think. Yeah. I think. It, yeah. I think it's the film towards the end of the film that will stay with you and will stay. And it will, and I think that's what they wanted to do with this film. They wanted to make you think. Not really. I feel like they, they didn't particularly want to necessarily tell, like, because it's, it's set up like a thriller. Mm. The film is set up like a revenge thriller. Uh, but they keep doing these things in it that where there's a bit in the middle of the film where it's like it's going to be a revenge thriller. Then it veers off and looks like it becomes mm. a, ro a romantic comedy. A rom -com. Yeah, yeah like it becomes a romantic comedy um, soundtracked by Paris Hilton. Hilton. And and it's and it, the and I think the film what it wants to do is like even the sort of revenge she's taking on people, it's not a kind of, it's not a kind of like like I slasher, spit in your grave. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not yeah. like a, a sort of a spit in your grave slasher revenge. It's it's almost as if the revenge she's taking is designed to make the viewer think, oh crap, mm. oh that's what it's like. That's yeah. what it's like to be accused of this. That's what it's like to be assaulted in that way. That's what, yeah. yeah and the I, way I, mean, I think it was quite poignant was the dean scene where she goes to see the dean. Yeah, where she I mean, to see to the me, dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. So that one, you know. I mean, I like, I like that scene as well. You sort of knew what's coming. So, well, the thing yeah. is, I, 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 in that scene, I did not really know what was coming. No, 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 no. I did not really no. know what was coming. And I think one of the good things about the film is up until the final bit, I'm not entirely sure what was what was going to happen. Mm. Like the like the climax of of where she's going, or the climax of where she's of where this this thing is taking her, this this desire to sort of almost avenge her friend, the mm. climax of where it's taking her. You're kind of there's bits where you're like, okay, it's gonna go this way. Oh no, it can't be going that way. There's a scene that Sean was alluding to there, which we can't talk about in detail. But it's like where you're, you're kind of going and even and the scene's going, okay, it's going to go this way. Oh no, it's going to go that way. Oh no, no, that's going to happen. Yeah. No, that's going to. Then uh, the way it, uh, the way it, when it actually finishes, and you're like, wait, what the? And the, the, there's this one shot where it switches, and you're like, oh crap, that actually did happen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it is so. I think it's. Um, yeah, I, I've been, I've been, I've been struggling with this film since I saw it. Since I saw, it. I've, I've been struggling because it's, it's kind of like one of these films where. And we've had a couple of them recently where 
they raise issues that I think are really, really important. Mm. Like St. Francis did it. Moxie did it. But some of them somehow forgot to tell a good story while they were doing that. And with this film, there's a bit where I think the Emerald Fennel, who wrote it and directed it, I feel as if there's bits where she is not so interested. It's, it's like if there's a point where she's trying to make you think about something as opposed to be somewhere where she can do something for filmic reasons, she'll do something to make you think. Mm. Yeah, and, and so so I'm trying to figure out, does that make it a good film? Does that make it a good film? Or does it make it just kind of like an issues thing? Or yeah. what do you think? Like, I'd, it's, but I agree with you, the performances are great. The the series of men that, that you know, pick her up and try and have sex with her are played by like you know really good actors like really well known recognizable mm. like pretty much everybody in this film you will look at and you'll be like oh wow yeah i know that person i know that person and they show up for like five minutes do <laughs> do something disappear it's like oh i know that's somebody else i know and i think almost as if the fact that they show up they're lending the the idea that look this is a nice guy everyone knows this person is a nice guy actor that this is the kind of guy that you know you you find this is the kind mm. of guy who preys on women who looks nice but you really don't know what they do once the, once the door closes and once the, no one can catch them. So I I quite I quite like the film. Um, I don't know about Best Picture, but then again, I haven't seen any of the other films. <laughs> and uh, it's a good performance, but as I, I don't know about Best Actress, but I haven't seen any of the other performances. And um, di- Best Director, I mean, Emerald Fennell, her first film, it would be it would be quite a turn up for the mm-hmm. books. Um, but yeah, but I don't know, Sean, what do you reckon? How many stars? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same with you on this, Toes. I was sort of, you know, I, I was trying to think, is it exactly the same? You sort of you sort of said my feelings as well. Is it a, um, I don't know, I'm struggling a little bit, but I think for me personally, it's probably, I know we have varying degrees. I would say it's a really strong three star for me. Really, yeah. really strong three star, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know about, I don't know about touching the four. I don't know. There was I had I had a couple of issues with the with the one with one particular bit. So you know, and, um. yeah, there there are bits of the film that I that I have issues with where the and this is this is what makes me wonder. It makes mm-hmm. me wonder. Like I remember when I watched Get Out, and I remember watching Get Out and watching it on the Isle of Wight. So the Isle of Wight is a place that has a pretty much majority white population. Mm-hmm. So I was the only black person in the cinema. And every time we, and I know I've said this a couple of times over the last couple of years, <laughs> because every time we come, because there has thankfully been a whole raft of films that have been made that have been made by people who are not your straight white man, so mm-hmm. to say. And every time this comes, I, I have to bring this analogy that I remember watching Get Out and when I was watching it, be, being aware that I was watching a totally different film to everybody else in the cinema because I was the only black person there. I was, <laughs> I was watching the film and I was going, oh, oh, good lord, oh, oh, good lord, that's what that means. Oh, people, some people are just watching it, going, oh yeah, that's a thriller. Oh yeah, no, no, that's a bit far fetched. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I'm connecting with this on a totally different level. So this is a film that I am very, very happy to admit that if a woman is watching it, she could be seeing something totally different to what I've yeah. seen. Yeah. And things, and things could be hitting totally in a different way. And it because I'm with you, Sean. I think high three, not quite a four. Be, but, uh, but I feel like they're. I feel like almost the language of film is changing because there's all these people who were not really allowed to make films before who are now making films and they're bringing something in. So the things that we think, oh, this is what it means to make a good film might be changing. Mm-hmm. And if that does change, then there's going to be films where I'm going to be like, I'm not entirely sure what they're going for there. 
but people are good because I've seen people raving about this one, giving it five stars and all that kind of oh, stuff. Right, yeah. And it's and I was like, I don't think it's a five star film, but I'm aware that they might they, this might be hitting in an emotional place mm. that I just do not have access to. Yeah. So, uh, so, oh, but Sean, what do you reckon? What do you reckon about Best Picture? Uh, well, we haven't really seen much else, have we? Really? Um, so, but, it, but if you're going to compare it to your usual Best Picture fare. No, I, uh, for, from a personal point of view, and I don't mean this in a horrible way, but pro- probably not best picture for, for me. It wouldn't wouldn't make it. How about you? Uh, I would agree with you on that. I yeah. think I think we're I think we're going to agree a lot. But yeah. we're aware that this is a podcast with two men and one woman, and the woman hasn't seen the film. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so because I, I would look at it, I would say best picture. I would. I mean, n- not really best director. I would be surprised. Um, maybe best sp- screenplay. Maybe best yeah, screen, maybe best original screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. Um, best actress for Carrie Mulligan. I mean, she is really good, but everything I've heard says that this is Frances McDormand who's going to win this again. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she she's becoming like the female Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, I'd really like to see Nomad Land. Nomad Land. I really want to watch that one. Well, the thirtieth of April, all of your things can be fulfilled. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> all of your things can be fulfilled. All right, that is it for this week. And um, we will come back next week where we will have some Oscars reaction, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, to see who actually won. And also, also, the Falcon and Winter Soldier shall have finished the second Marvel Disney Plus thing. Which, Sean, I'm guessing that you haven't continued watching yet. I haven't yet. No, no, I haven't Haven't continued watching that. Yeah. Watch the yeah. first one. But... It, it, it's, it's interesting. Let me right, okay. okay. It's interesting in, in a totally different way from WandaVision. And it is creating a lot of chatter online in a totally different way than one. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Be- cool. Yeah. Essentially, I've got I've got the second season of Pennyworth to watch as well sometime. Yeah. But yeah, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what. I'll tell you one thing about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is the essentially this show. It treats you know the five years in Avengers between Avengers um, Infinity One, Avengers Endgame, yeah. when half the world had disappeared before they all got brought back at the end of Endgame. And if you haven't seen these films, sorry for the spoiler, but what have you been doing with your life? <laughs> so, so it's so um, it yeah it treats that almost like the Marvel's version of the pandemic. So there's bits where it's kind of like, so, you know, we know now we have the pandemic and it's disrupting the way life is being lived and everything like that. And there's some people who prefer life during the pandemic than, than it was beforehand. And there's people who are like, oh, you know, this thing that happened that we have during the pandemic, we should keep this. We should keep this instead of going back to normal and just getting rid of it. And there's a lot of sort of like socioeconomic political stuff that's going on with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which makes it a totally different beast. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is once again, I'm just impressed with Marvel. Sorry to sound like a broken record, but it is true. It, they, they are good. They are awesome. So until next week when we talk Oscars and Fan Club of the Winter Soldier, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. And Oh, well, one final thing. Any of you guys going to watch the Oscars? No. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Chords, it's not going to be as long as Justice League. No, <laughs> <laughs> it will be shorter than Justice League, and it will be on Sky Cinema, your home right now. <laughs> All right, see you guys next week. Bye.